0: You are Locked On Pit, your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Panthers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, folks? Welcome back to an episode of the Locked On Pit Podcast, your daily podcast covering the Pittsburgh Panthers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Nick Fairby, right for Pittsburgh Sports Now. Call games at WPTS, radio and I am production assistant at ACC Network. And yes, folks, we of course have Peach Bowl content. We broke down the entire Michigan State passing attack yesterday. We will talk about some problems I think Michigan State has just outside of their passing coverage. I think everyone talks about the coverage. But what other things could Pitt exploit in this game? We'll talk about that. We will also talk about Pitt men's basketball. They fall to Notre Dame. We will talk about that, the state of the program, and more. All coming up on Locked on Pitt. going on folks welcome back to the locked on pit podcast and folks today we do have to talk about the peach bowl but i want to open this up a little bit with pit men's basketball because i think we we got to talk about some pertinent things as it refers to this you know pit having another close game that they drop this one to notre dame at home they had an eight point lead there going late into the second half eight minutes left at the under media they were up eight and they end up losing this game, 68-67, it's a pretty brutal way to lose, man. I mean, we could talk about things that happened in this game that forced them to lose the game, you know, where they couldn't defend the off the the screen action, and then the kickouts. Prentice Hub was just killing them from deep off that screen action, and, and the kickouts. I mean, it was terrible at times, man. Pitt left these guys wide open down the stretch from three, and Pitt couldn't defend that their their on screen defense just fell apart at the end, and and that was a disappointing thing. And Pitt finally adjusted, but it just felt like things were going down for Notre Dame. It felt like it was Cormac Ryan and an unbelievable shot from deep. I mean, it was contested by Hughley. He made that one. Hub made another great shot for the win. A fantastic fadeaway. Burton was right in his face. It wasn't bad defense. And that just sums up pit season. It really does just sum up pit season. I mean, there were obviously issues that continue to show up here, and the things that kind of show up here are obviously, obviously the the shooting issues. Pit missing big shots. They had about three or four open threes that they bricked at the end of the game. I mean, would have won them the game. Absolutely, no doubt about it. And and that's the thing. You know, so they they need they can't crack zones because there's no reliable three-point shooter. So, essentially, all they had to do, all that Notre Dame had to do was pack the paint, get down low, play a zone, roll over to Hughley, double him, force Pitt to, to shoot the three ball, and they couldn't do it at all. They could not do it late, and that's exactly kind of what happened in this game. They took Hughley and Gee out of the game at the end. Gee had... He attempted a three, missed it. Jeffers missed two. Odukali missed one. Burton made one that was big. But, man, you could just see it. Pitt really just missed this perimeter shooting, and that's been a common theme under Jeff Capel. This has never been a good shooting team, so they can't break down zones. They can't threaten you from behind the arc. And because they can't do that, it doesn't open up things for guys like John Hughley or Mo Gee or whoever. It doesn't open up things, it doesn't open up the driving lanes for Femi Cali. Although there were moments of success with that. There were absolutely moments of success where Pitt could get in and and beat them to the paint. and, And they could get to the free throw line. There were lots of moments. And when Pitt was in control of this game, that's what was happening. But... Man, it's brutal to see Jeffers take six threes, go one of six from beyond the arc. Gee had a really good game. He's played very well recently. I think he's been a phenomenal find for Jeff Capel. He's, he's been everything they need on defense, a, a commanding force on offense. He's a great facilitator. He's a solid rebounder. But man, you just look at this game. Pitt had... Four of their five starters in double figures. The first time they did that all year and they still lose this game. And you have to look at, you know, there are a few factors. Missing six free throws is what it is. You know, Odukali missing the and one conversion opportunity obviously is huge. You can point as that and say, okay, that could actually lose them the game as just a straw that broke the Campbell's back. But their on-ball defense, just how hard it is overall for them to score points, I mean, it's just hard. This team looks disjointed without Guy out there. Collier looked extremely overmatched in his very limited five minutes of play. This is a team that struggles offensively at such a high level. I mean, they just don't have consistent shooters. They don't have a consistent source of offense. Hughley can be, but once team adju- teams adjust to that, he can be taken out of the equation. It's tough for Pitt. It's tough for Pitt to score unless one of these guys is having a good shooting night. You know, Febio Ducali's not going to score 28 every night. It's not going to happen. You'll get your solid contributions. You'll get the mid-range jumpers from Burton. You'll get the three here and there from Gee. You'll get a three here and there from Ducali. You'll get one here and there from Jeffress. might even get one from Isaiah Kuda. But, man, it's brutal to watch Pitt sometimes offensively. Nothing seems to actually be going for them. There's not a cohesion to this team overall. And, and and obviously, it comes down at some point to talent. But losing your first two ACC games to two total points, I mean, man, that's just tough. It's it's just tough. And Pitt got unlucky in this one, but there were things that you kind of looked at coaching-wise and you said, there should have been the guy there under the basket when Burton took... the the layup at the end. There should have been a guy under the basket there to potentially tip it back in, right? There should have been that. You should have been able to defend ball screens better. You know, Prentice Hub obviously had a great end of the game and, and just caught fire, but, I mean, goodness gracious, he left them open during their run to cut the lead and then take the lead. He scored nine points in about two minutes because he was wide open, and that's the thing here. There's just fundamental things that Pitt doesn't do sometimes. Like having a guy there under the hoop for the tip. That's fundamental. That's coaching. you got to, the guy's always got to be there. Like that, that's, it's 5.2 seconds. And obviously you might have a chance for that. A guy should always be under there waiting just to see in case. And the fact that they didn't have anyone under there is really malpractice. So this, it's just, it's just evocative of the program as a whole. You know, this isn't a terrible team overall. I mean, it's a bad team. It's not It's not as bad as the this, this last Stallings team. They're going to fight. They're probably going to be in a lot of these ACC games. They're good enough to win a few. They're probably going to get a few wins in the league. But there, there's just not a, a lot of hope for me when I look at this team. There's not a ton of hope that, in, that inspires, kind of, you know, it fosters anything in the future here. There's no recruits committed. you know. Really, if they're going to do anything next year, if he's back, if Capel's back, you're going to have to have some hosh-posh of transfers that come in here and light things up. And this class of transfers wasn't great. Burton was good, and so is Gee. But Oladabo hasn't done much. Peyton hasn't done much. You know, you haven't seen a lot out of those guys. So it is kind of what it is. And Pitts had bad luck losing Sabondi, losing Horton. It's bad. It's bad. But really, there's just not a lot to hope for in the future right now, even as the team improves and is and battle tested and they fight like heck. You know, the program it doesn't have an upward trajectory. Because really, you had all the talent you needed with Tony, with Johnson, with McGowans, with all these guys that were there. Champagny, and they fought. And they had the learning experiences and they they had all these things where they carved out time and roles and you were expecting the payoff and it just never came because everything fell apart. Now you're back to square one. The issue is you're probably not going to get the same talent acquisition you had. So it feels like you're running your program in muddy since you're running your tires in mud. There's nothing really here to go off of for this team, honestly, in the future. So it is what it is, but... It's going to have to do something here. Even if they have a good end of the year and people finish it strong, they're going to have to figure out something for the future. All right, folks. Well, let's shift over to the Peach Bowl. But first, let me let you know about Bilt Bar. It's the new year. So that means New Year's resolutions. If yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure to include Bilt Bar in your plan. Bilt Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, maybe even better than a candy Bar. Built Bar makes it easier for you to stick to your resolution because it tastes so good. You'll want to eat it, unlike other protein bars, which can be shocky, waxy, or taste like a chemical spill. You want to eat healthy, but it gets so boring. By like week three, you might be thinking, this is just not worth it. Where's the chocolate? But Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. And folks, they are low in calories, low in sugar, low in net carbs, high in protein. Listen. That's a great trade-off from a bar of candy which actually has chocolate. It has all the healthy benefits of a protein bar and tastes well as well. So, folks, listen. Here's what you got to do. You can go to Built.com, use the promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off your order. Just use our promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off at Built.com. Alright folks, welcome back to the Locked On Pit Podcast, a podcast covering the Pittsburgh Panthers. Folks, make sure to check out the Ultimate College Football Player Preview 2021, local betting advice, draft analysis, experts, all this folks, it's live now, got a Peach Bowl preview, obviously the Peach Bowl, coming here folks in two days, we are only a few hours away from that, so get hyped for that, check it out, do all that great stuff. Now, folks, let's talk a little bit about kind of the Peach Bowl as a whole and and what Michigan State lacks. We talked about what they can exacerbate and, and what they do at a really high level. And there's certain things that they do. And they have two really good receivers in Jaden Reed and Jalen Naylor. They have a really solid tight end. When you look at Connor Hayward, he's very versatile. Thorne has his moments. He also has his moments where he loses his mind at times. And I think that's one thing that, you know, maybe I didn't drive home big enough. So when we're talking about potential things you exploit against this team, like that's one of the things. Can you switch up your coverages? To the point where you can confuse him and get potential turnovers. Because that's what they did to Sam Hartman. They rattled him. While, yes, up front, obviously, they got big pressure. I also think you look at, overall, this is what you can do on the back end. You can roll into cover two times. And you're not going to get man coverage all the time. So you're not going to get those fades all the time. You're not going to... If it's third and, and seven, third and eight, especially you know, the blitzes are going to come into play here, can you give Thorne enough eye candy to throw him off, I think that's going to be something big, we'll see how Dewey's adjust, you know, I think, I wouldn't be surprised, I will say this, I think you you look at Michigan State overall, and it shouldn't be surprising if Michigan State comes out here and really starts fast, because a lot of teams have against Pitt, the, the difference is Pitt's been able to kind of mitigate that at times, and even as teams are are playing at a high level against them early on, their offense has been able to keep them in games enough until the defense can slow down and then the offense can roar back. You know, the defense has had trouble. It's had slow starts, and then we've seen them adjust. You've seen them adjust against Miami, for example, where after the first quarter, they only allowed 17 points in that game. You saw them do it against Wake Forest. I think that's obviously the best example of it, is where they, they could honestly... It was a bad, bad first quarter for them. But what did Pitt do? They started playing different types of coverages. They started giving Hartman other different looks other than quarters. They started playing up more on the receivers, playing inside leverage instead of outside leverage. They started really sitting on their heels, playing the curls, playing that short stuff that was killing them, the curl routes, the the hitches. I mean, all that was absolutely killing Pitt in the first quarter. You know, the fade routes were what they were. The MJ Devonshire touchdown to Haloud, that was an unbelievable catch. More so than anything. But you look at things like that those adjustments, the DB technique. Okay, guys, we're gonna have you sit on your heels, we're gonna have you mirror them, you're gonna play the, the seven-yard hitch, and then if they try to hit you, you're gonna see your keep your eyes disciplined and you're not gonna get beat behind. And that was something that was big. The eye discipline was huge. So there are just adjustments outside of scheme. Obviously, they run different schemes. And they run different types of blitzes. But they give you a lot of different looks. And that's something that I at least admire Pat Marduzzi for doing. He won the ACC Championship largely because of great adjustments. Both in in corner play. And that was huge, by the way. The, The cornerback play of which they got... It was personnel and scheme-related because these coaches obviously told these corners, hey, here's what you need to do. You need to sit on your heels, play these seven-yard routes, play through the hips, don't use your eyes to play through the quarterback. Like, we're going to do this. We're going to switch up some coverages for you guys, make you guys a little bit more comfortable, Keep keep this guy a little antsy. And he cracked, and he cracked under pressure. And Peyton Thorne's a guy tough as nails when you get him under pressure, he can crack a little bit, and he can make some bad throws. So this defensive line is going to be huge for Pitt. You know, can you get Kalaja, Kansi going? Can you get Habakkuk-Baldonado going? John Morgan, Deslin Alexander, all these guys that you're going to need. How much production are you going to get from the second level? You know, that Pitt has gotten a ton of production out of Dennis this year as a blitzer. Cam Brights had his games as a blitzer. Phil Campbell obviously has his games as a blitzer. How much production are you going to get from those guys? Because that's the thing. These linebackers are going to be huge. And we talked about that, how you can look at what Michigan State has done kind of across the board and how they're going to try and use these linebackers against Pitt in the slot. So that's going to be something for Pitt to do. They're going to have to maybe blitz these guys and replace over the top and do things they haven't done a ton of. And I'm certain the extra few weeks that Pitt's had with this and kind of the motions they're getting into and overall just the game planning physique they have they're gonna have time and, and that's gonna be something the defense is largely untouched it's pretty much the same defense aside from Demar mathis but they played an entire half without Demar mathis after he got hurt too and played extremely good football so you're gonna be able to kind of see exactly what pitt brings to the table and, and that's that's the thing here is that pitt is going to be able to run a lot of those same coverages potentially install new ones. There was more time. And so if you can play with Thorne's eyes, get him to commit turnovers. Again, the nine interceptions on the air, it's not striking. But when you look at the fact that he's had an interception in six of the last seven games, including two games where he has two-plus picks, against defenses that can run, that run some similar concepts to Pitt, that gives you some, at least motivation or inspiration to where you can say hey pick and do this and they can attack thorn's eyes and so that's going to be i think a big thing here mixing up the coverages on the back end allowing Pitts dbs to play aggressive doing a lot of different things kind of to keep thorn on his heels because if you allow him to get comfortable allow him to sit in the pocket scan know it's quarters he'll take decisive fades when he wants He'll take off when he wants. He knows what he's going to see if, if you're just going to give him press quarters. And I don't think Pitt has the true talent outside a corner or in the slot to match up against these receivers all game and say, yeah, it's it's going to be enough. And I don't and again, the concern now is with McPaddy, do they have the offense to keep up? Or is Michigan State gonna get one too many plays where it's gonna just be too much to overcome? And I think that's the fear here. So you're gonna to need to play. Fast starts are are tough for this defense. You know, they've had a few here and there, but one of them was Thursday night against North Carolina. It was a Thursday night game. So it's a different game where you don't have nearly as much prep time, for example. And so Pitt overall just needs to come out here, mitigate what they do early. They can't, you know, I think they will give up a, a little bit early on because that's what they've done all year. They've seemingly given up. A few big plays here, there, and then they've adjusted and and they've shut down teams. But Pitt, in this game, has to make sure it doesn't get too ugly. They have to play with Thorne's eyes. They have to make sure they keep him off balance. If they can do that, they're going to have a good chance to win this game. The defense is going to have to play a really solid game. They're going to have to get a turnover or two here, force a pick, I think, in this one. And if they can do it, I think Pitt has a good shot to win this game. Again, even without Kenny Pickett. And whatever, the onus is going to be on Peyton Thorne with no Kenneth Walker. And the running backs behind Kenneth Walker, they aren't good enough to really give you a a lot of fear, especially with Pitt's run defense. That is very much true. We're also going to continue to talk a little bit about some other weaknesses, I think, that the Spartans carry into this game. But first, folks, let me let you know about BetOnline.ag because BetOnline, as you covered, this holiday season with props, odds, and lines than ever before as football continues its march through the college bowl season and the pro football playoffs. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. So head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code LOCKEDON to receive your bonus. And that's our promo code Locked On to receive your bonus from basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC Right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports, so don't wait to take advantage of all the new amazing offers available. Bet online where the game starts. Alright folks, let's get into this still. A few weaknesses I think Michigan State has. That Pitt can kind of attack. You know, the Peyton Thorne thing is, is obvious. And I think Pitt needs to be smart and they need to be deliberate with their adjustments. Because again, I think this is a guy that they can rattle, that they could kind of give. And and don't forget, because they they kinda of emptied the clip, if you will, against Wake Forest, a lot of that stuff's on tape now. So, he'll at least see it. So, it wouldn't be surprising to me if we see some stuff that they still don't do very often that could be even newer that could change things. But other things I think that you need to look at defensively. uh, I think that's kind of what the whole thing is. Michigan State, we talked about this. You know, Michigan State's defense is terrible in the past defense. They're a good run defense. And the other thing is, they really, really... Badly lack a basic need of tackling in that secondary. Like, they just don't tackle well. So when you look at all those kind of plays they give up, they allow things to become worse because they can't come up and tackle well either. And that's something to look at as well. They don't cover well. They don't tackle well. So if you get to the perimeter, you can break things. And obviously, I don't need to tell you guys how big tackling is in the secondary. You've seen it with Pitt at times this year. When they're at their worst, tackling in the secondary turns four yard gains into eight, nine, and ten yard gains. Two yard gains into more than that. It turns basic things into harder downs for you to win defensively. And that's something that Pitt needs to do. Staying ahead of the chains here is going to be big for Pitt because a lot of teams have been able to do this against Michigan State. And when Michigan State has been able to get their stops and, and has at least been a really solid defense at times, they've been able to force teams into third and longs where their pretty quality pass rush can become bigger of a factor. And when they're not playing well and they're they're letting these guys get ahead of the chains and, and teams are just moving at, at will against them, That's when Michigan State really gets into trouble. So their tackling has to be much better, much better uh, against Pitt. But listen, they're going to be missing a few guys. Like, this is not going to be necessarily something that I I think Pitt... Is gonna fawn at like the pits pit's gonna look at this defense and say, Okay, there's opportunity here. We know if we can do with man coverage, we know we can probably hit shot plays on this team, we know that tight end they allow the third most yards of tight ends in 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 the nation. So we know Bartholomew and Kroll can have access to their whole route tree here. We know this stuff, but when you look at it. At its fundamental level, how can we neutralize a pass rush that is easily their greatest weapon? It's forced turnovers before, and when they are at their most opportunistic, it's because of their pass rush, and their pass rush is winning. So, in, in other words, how can you neutralize that? And part of that is is kind of getting things going underneath. And, and what I say that is, it, essentially, since you might not be able to run the ball super well, we'll see, maybe Pitt will be able to run the ball. I don't think they're going to run the ball particularly well in this game. I think that Michigan State is a very good run defense, so I don't see it happening too much, but when you look at what pick can do, just make things an extension of your running game, right? So get some screen passes going. It's okay for that to happen. Screens are going to be good in this game because, again, you want to force Michigan State to tackle because that's been a weakness in their secondary. Now, you don't want Jackie Jacques louis leading on these blocks, but you can always get Addison out in front of a guy like Wayne out in front of a guy like Bartholomew, or you could split out Crawl. Crawl's a good stock blocker, so when you look at that, that could be good. And so Pitt needs to be able to, to extend their running game. Things like drags, you know, quick drags over the middle of the field. Play action where they can hit Bartholomew in the flat, or they can trust Izzy or Hammond or Davis in the flat. You know, thing, everything doesn't need to be explosive. This is a game where you have to be efficient, because one... It fits against this Michigan State defense because it'll open up things on the back end for more explosive plays. When you know guys like Jordan Anderson are going to be able to win deep, you know you're probably going to be able to bully this secondary to a degree. And you can open that up by attacking underneath. But also, that fits right into Nick Patty's game plan. Nick Patty has good eyes. He's decisive. He's efficient. When he's at his best, he is an efficient quarterback. And that's the thing. That's what Pitt needs to do in this game. So, really, Michigan State's a gritty defense. They will fight. They will absolutely fight. But that's how you attack this team. And more importantly, Michigan State's defense, oh boy, it's tough. It's very, very tough for them, I think, to stop this offense as long as Patty doesn't kill Pitt. And that's going to be the X factor. Can Nick Paddy just make the throws? Can he be decisive? Can he make the reads? He's just going to have to game manage, and things will open up for him. As long as he hits the throws, as long as he's decisive, as long as he hasn't killed Pitt with turnovers and stuff like that, I think Pitt will be able to do things offensively. Now, I don't think they're going to be as high-powered as they were under Pickett, obviously. There's obvious step-backs that they're going to take. But there's going to be enough here where I think Pitt can keep this points up I think pick and score 30 can score potentially more than that and pick and keep these guys on their heels and that's going to be a big thing for Pitt coming up here throughout this game if they can do that if they can make the running game and if they can make the short passing an extension of their running game it'll open things up it'll make the defense back off to a degree it'll open up things over the top which then will cause more two high shells which can cause you to be able to run the football. Because Pitt's been able to run the ball extremely well against cover two when their passing game has opened things up for their running game. Trust me, Michigan State's going to try and put the onus on Nick Patty. The question is, is he going to deliver? And that'll be the big thing. Folks, tomorrow we're going to have the Peach Bowl preview here on Locked on Pit. Make sure to tune to that. As always, though, folks, thanks for listening. And as always, Hail to Pitt.